0: Bosco's Boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for another episode of Bosco's Boys. Brought to you by the single greatest craft brewery in the state of Kansas, Manhattan Brewing Company. Folks, I've been talking about them. Uh, You know, hell, they've been rocking with us. Almost a year now, you know, we're coming up on a year in this partnership and I tell you what, every time I crack one open here in Shawnee, every time I go into the tap room, I'm continually, continually blown away by the quality and the variety of different beers at Manhattan Brewing Company. doesn't matter what sort of craft beer fan you are or you might even be someone who thinks you don't like craft beer. I promise you, if you get in there, talk to whoever's behind the bar, I promise your new favorite beer is waiting for you at Manhattan Brewing Company. Coming up here just in a couple weeks, they have the biggest and best Fat Tuesday party in the state of Kansas. You're going to be able to get all this delicious Cajun food, some uh, New Orleans-inspired craft cocktails, and their special... Special cask beer being broken open just for this celebration. So if if you're in Manhattan or in the area, or heck, might sound like a good enough reason to just make that special trip to the happiest city in America, check out Manhattan Brewing Company any day, but especially on this upcoming Fat Tuesday. Okay, coming up, we're going to talk about Colin Klein staying put at K-State and a very disappointing game down in Lubbock, Texas. Before we get started, uh, I will say this. I'm recording this at 9.39 on Super Bowl Sunday. I hope nobody's listening to this. (laughs) Uh, All all due respect uh, to our sponsors and to uh, our downloads, Um, the last time the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl It was one of our least downloaded episodes uh, of all time, whether it be off season, whether it be football season, basketball season, you name it. One of our least downloaded episodes of all time. The last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And uh, I'm a Chiefs fan. I know a large, large swath of our fans are Chiefs fans. So I'm hoping either. You're not listening to this because you're soaking up all the Chiefs content or you're just super happy and you're a loyal bonehead and you're still listening to this. uh, Hopefully uh, after the Kansas City Chiefs won their third Super Bowl in franchise history. So fingers crossed for that one. We're going to start with the good before we end with the bad. And the good is Colin Klein is staying at K-State. Now, I know there's a lot of you, maybe not a lot, but there's a handful of you who aren't on Twitter, aren't a paid subscriber of the any message boards. Uh, so there's maybe you know a handful of you that might be hearing some of this for the first time. Um, and Notre Dame has been going hard after Colin Klein the last week or so. Now. Tommy Reese, a Notre Dame alum. Uh, He was, I I think, the quarterback's coach. Um, Brian Kelly tried to get him to go to LSU, but but when Marcus Freeman got promoted, uh, he got a big raise to say at Notre Dame. He was making like $2.2 million. Um, He is going down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama for Alabama's open position because Bill O'Brien... Uh, was let go after the Sugar Bowl. So, and there's some depth there that we'll get to here shortly. So, it was Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, it was Wednesday, when some smoke signals started popping up, but nothing, nothing like too crazy. You know, it, it was some Notre Dame fans who were tracking flights, seeing a flight, a charter jet leaving Manhattan. Um, And then it was Thursday where it really started taking off, Thursday morning, late morning, where uh, whispers really started circulating around K-State fans. Now, it wasn't until Thursday evening that uh, it really started... Going like crazy at first It was just like, okay, maybe Notre Dame Was uh, You know, talking to him Tracker thread, but footballscoops.com Which is the top uh, Blog site, website Whatever you want to call them Covering coaching searches, came out and said Hey look, Colin Klein flew up on Wednesday He is still here as of Late Thursday afternoon It's looking like he is the top Candidate for the Notre Dame Offensive coordinator job um, K-State fans started freaking out. Uh, myself, I, I don't know if I ever was freaking out. I kind of had accepted, okay, I think Colin Klein is going to go to Notre Dame and be the new offensive coordinator. I I kind of had already uh, accepted it. Um, I was not melting down. I was not, you know, over, overly worried because I have a level of confidence in, in Chris Kleiman and Gene Taylor uh, to be able to make hires to find the next correct guy to lead the offense. I was upset, and uh, you know, if Notre Dame can lose an alum to a you know a lateral position, of course K State can, but it being Colin Klein. It being the guy who, you know, was a Heisman finalist, was a guy who was on campus at the same time I was, it was going to have another level of a gut punch that brought on more sadness uh, than maybe if it was just some random guy. Um, Things start swirling. Um, Late Thursday night, there was confirmation That he had the job offer. Um, I wake up to that news and I'm just kind of accepting, okay, Colin Klein is going to move on. Uh, Of course, nothing is official, especially since he didn't take the job, but I have it on pretty good authority that Colin Klein was looking at close, excuse me, close to, if not more than a million dollar raise. On what he made in 2022 And what probably is going to be close To still double of what he will be making When his new contract extension and raises announced I was hearing anywhere between $1.5 to $1.8 million uh, That Notre Dame was offering Uh, Colin Klein was making $600,000 this past year I'm hearing that he's going to be around 800000 maybe $900,000 next year. So again, uh, it was a massive raise. Uh, whether we want to admit it or not, accept it or not, it was going to be a much more high-profile job. He was going to be working with an offense with a much higher caliber of athlete if you look at recruiting rankings. Um we have some pretty good quarterbacks on the roster, but again, uh Notre Dame for 2024, that recruiting class, not this current one, but the one that will be coming in a year from now, one of the top quarterbacks, you know, that the rankings have ever seen. And I, th- I think this is the Massive thing, and, and it's for a handful of reasons. Uh I'm going to work backwards. Um, the, the first thing is he is sending a message not only to the current players, but players that he might be recruiting, players that he might be uh, going after in the future, saying, Hey, look. You might have opportunities to go to these perceived blue bloods. You might have the opportunity to make more money with NIL. I get it. I had that opportunity too, but I'm choosing K State. I think the fact that Colin Klein had not had to, got to go through this opportunity and still chose to stay at K State makes him the most powerful voice maybe in college football on the recruiting ground at a non-Blue Blood. Because he is is truly able to walk into a a recruit's living room to talk to a recruit's parents and say, hey, look, I have now won a Big 12 championship as a player. I have now... 1-1 1 1 as an offensive coordinator. I've had the opportunity when I was a player to transfer off to a better perceived school. I had the opportunity to go to one of the most celebrated and historic football programs and come close to doubling my salary. But when I tell you K State is a special place, it isn't just lip service. Colin Klein is documented. You know reasoning. There's some pretty well documented uh, material out there saying, "Hey, this guy isn't just making shit up. This isn't just a recruiting pitch." This the second thing that I take away from this is his confidence in this current offense and this current team. Now, despite his loyalty, despite what Kansas State means to him. He's still a coach. He is still a highly competitive person. He is still someone who one day wants to be a head coach at a major Power Five college football program. I think probably deep down he wants that to be K State. But you never know when those opportunities are gonna come. You know, and I think Colin Klein will be an amazing head coach one day. But it but if he thought, okay. You know, last year, you know, I I, I had it all. I, I pulled out all the bells, all the whistles. We won a Big Twelve title. I did it with two quarterbacks, but yeah, I, I just I, I just think that that's probably the the ceiling. That that that's about all I have with this. guy's. He probably would have left. He probably would have taken that job, and he would have reset his clock, and uh, you know, let it ride there at Notre Dame. So him still deciding all this type of stuff, you know, there's the sentimental stuff. There's now the power in the recruiting trail and the power also when it comes to your own guys, anyone on offense now who blows up, who who might say, oh, I'm going to go off to a a perceived bigger, better school. Not only do you have the blueprint of Deuce Vaughn turning down millions of dollars to go play at Texas, not only, or at Texas, Allegedly at a Texas school, I should say. All allegedly. But now you have your offensive coordinator who said, nah, I'm not going to do it. You have Cooper Beebe who is deciding to turn down probably being a seconder pick to come back. You now have all these examples of guys choosing to say, hey, look, I understand I could go get paid more now. I could go to a perceived bigger, better place now but I love K-State, this is where I want to be. Yes, you have that sentimental side, but again, you don't do that. You don't do things just for the sentimental as a massive competitor if you don't back up what you've already proven and set your string yourself moving forward as you have future career aspirations. Cooper Beebe doesn't come back if he thinks he's going. If, if he and the offensive line are going to lay an egg, Colin Klein is not going to come back for go coaching at maybe the most prestigious college football program in the history of college football, turning down a million dollar raise if he doesn't think he can keep this offensive rolling offense rolling and continue to win games here at K State. And that gives me confidence, that gives me a little bit of swagger, that gives me a fan and excitement saying, hey look, this is everything that we've ever dreamed of, this is everything that we've ever wanted. One of our own, becoming a hyper elite, sought after coach, young up and coming coach, and I'm going to get to that here in a little bit, but he's choosing to say, because He has that sentimental ability, but he knows and believes he's going to continue to be a high-level coach. That's everything you could ever want. And then the final thing, the third thing that is massive about all this is the news that also came out that he was one of the finalists for the Alabama job. Texas A&M Was coming after him in season. Kels Robinette was tweeting about this. uh, Depending on what subscription site you may or may not have. You might have heard some rumblings about this over the past few weeks. You know the fact that he was on Alabama's short list. The fact that Texas A&M was coming to him as well. Here here is the program in all of college football. (laughs) As... Uh, sadly we had to experience back on new year's eve and the 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 college football program that has been spending more money than anyone else on coaching staff and recruiting classes so you have these three massive programs that when at all cost have more money than god himself and they're coming after our guys Now, this tells me all I need to know about the level of an offensive coordinator Colin Klein is. Now, everyone remembers I was a little worried when we made the hire. After that Tulane game, when everyone was melting down, I threw my hands up in the air and I just said, Hey, look, uh, you know I'm not jumping off the train, but this is what I was afraid of when you hire one of your own legends to be an offensive coordinator. But he proved... Through all of Big 12 play, the caliber of play caller he is, the way he set up his passing tree, the way that almost, seemingly almost every play he ran set something up later on in the game. And look, that's what I see as some random podcast guy who is just a fan. You know, I was barely a two-letter le- or two-year letterman in high school, and they were probably being nice to me, giving me a letter... Uh, for my uh, junior and senior year. I am not some football savant I'm not some play calling or even scheme savant at all. there are other folks who are far better at that than me and you know look look at what you know Jimmy Goheen aka Casey underscore fan puts out there with all his gifts during football season. Uh, the Aggieville Alley cats really break stuff down far better and more in depth than me. But you you can see the difference, especially once you flip the switch during conference play uh, to see the true levels and complexity and how everything was breaking down and setting other stuff up. And you can't help but take what you saw with your eyes. Take what you saw with two different quarterbacks this year. Both of which had their own massive question marks and dark clouds hanging over their heads, by the way. And then you see that three of the premier programs, or, or at least two of the premier programs in the history of college football, the modern dynasty, uh, and then two programs uh, that are definitely you know a, a top twenty-five type teams year in year out with a ton of money. I mean, the fact that they're coming after your guy tells you everything you need to know. He is so well-respected. He is seen as one of these rising stars in the coaching ranks, and, and he, he's choosing to stay. Now, all of this leads me to what the action plans need to be. I, I, I saw a lot of this, a, a lot of folks talking about, oh, where's the raises, announcer, all this type of stuff. Look, I, I if I was going to hypothesize, I would say I think... Most of the contract details with all the assistants, some of the support staffers, uh, Coach Tremaine, uh, Carroll, the s- strength and conditioning, I-, I would imagine almost all of that has been agreed to. Maybe they're hammering a final detail here or there with Chris Kleiman, And shortly after they announce the new wide receiver coach, whoever that is, whoever that is, uh, we will see the announcement of contract extensions raises etc etc for the staff and that's my hypothesis I don't know that I I think you could probably anticipate seeing Colin Klein anywhere between 800 and 900,000 dollars I don't know if he will quite get up to a million Um, but beyond that I I think you do need to have some sort of Succession plan or have conversation with Colin Klein, so he is satisfied enough to know what K-State thinks about him, what Gene Taylor thinks about him, what Colin or Chris Kleinman thinks about him, um, what the donors think about him. So he feels empowered to not have to do these interviews this time next year. You know, I don't, I don't want him to feel like he needs to entertain Michigan, like he needs to entertain Florida, like he insert whatever big-name program that could double his salary uh, without blinking an eye. You know, is it saying, hey, look, when the time comes, when the time Chris Kleiman, it's time for him to leave, you are our first interview and you're our last interview. Any, any time we're thinking about, to change, adding responsibility, whatever, whatever. Hey, you're the first guy outside of Chris Kleinman we're going to come talk to. Uh, you You need to make him, or, or I feel, you don't need to do anything I say. I feel we should give him basically uh, every assurance that he will be a top candidate whenever Chris Kleinman decides to move on, whether it is taking a different job, which I think at this point there's maybe one or two other jobs to ever be worried about or when he retires, because the rumors are he, he is not a coach that wants to coach beyond too far beyond 60. Those are the rumors who knows how much of that's true. Um, but, but you need to make sure that Colin Klein feels comfortable enough thinking, Hey, look, I know that as long as I continue to perform, I have a very real chance of, to be the leader the next time the K State job opens, I, I don't know if that's enough. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know if there is some magic pill, some silver bullet uh, that that means we won't have to worry about this come next December through February. I don't know, but you do need to, or I believe we should make a real effort to uh, give Colin Klein whatever reassurances we need to. Uh, so that we don't have to go through this, because at the end of the day, um, I don't think we have had a coaching uh, prodigy, a young coach who is this highly uh, thought of. I mean, since going back to Bob Stoops. So and and, and that that is a lot to put on Colin Klein. Um, uh, in no way am I saying that hey, he is a no doubt you know college football Hall of Fame. Famer as a coach, he already is as a player. But uh, you know, I'm not trying to put that sort of pressure. But this is what it what what it reminisces of. You know, you had big time programs coming after Bob Stoops. He eventually goes to Florida. He eventually goes to Oklahoma, and the rest is history. Uh, Is Colin Klein going to one day be a national championship winning head coach? Chances would say no. But when you have a guy that is this highly thought of and this uh, highly sought after. I think you have to do everything you can to keep him in Manhattan as long as you can. Uh, and if, if you're not going to be able to pay him the highest, which we won't, uh, you have to give him those different reassurances, uh, to me, to, to make it. So he hopefully decides he wants to just stick around. Let me know your guys' thoughts on Colin Klein. Let me know what you thought during this whole saga. Um, what, what do you guys want to see? Am I going too far? Am I now kind of going ditch to ditch? Uh, you know, this time last year being weary about this hire, and now I'm, I'm basically, you know, saying give him the head coach and waiting title without actually giving it to him? I mean, yes, I, I'm a reactionary fan who just talks into a mic, uh, you know, 150 times a year. Um, you know, I, I know who I am. I understand that. But just let me know your thoughts. Uh, let's move into uh, what we saw in Lubbock, Texas on Saturday, but before we do, I already talked about them, uh, but Manhattan Brewing Company. Tonight, I will be drinking on their 785 uh, as I watch the Super Bowl. Uh, it is the perfect beer to watch a football game with, along with the Towny Wheat and their Kolsch. Again, shout out to, and he'll he'll get mad at me uh, for forgetting, but there there's a bonehead who said they need to, uh, you know, build out a 12-pack, uh, you know, four of each of those beers and call it the tel- tailgate pack. Light, crisp, refreshing. Uh, that if, they, if that's the type of beer you want, that's the type of beer they have. Do you like, you know, hop stuff? Do you like to be punched in the face a little bit with an IPA? Hey, they got that too. Malty, they got that too. Sours, they got that too. They- have everything you could want as a craft beer drinker or just a casual beer drinker at Manhattan Brewing Company. Check them out. The best craft brewery in the entire state of Kansas. All right, let's get to it. Um, I, I don't know if this is a more disappointing loss than the Texas game. I would say uh, they're on the same level, and, and it's disappointing. I don't know if I'd go as far as saying, saying – uh, to say concerning, um, it, I, I'm actually I'm not gonna say concerning. I, I'm gonna say disappointing. Um, if we want to talk about the macro stuff and, and and I said this back during the Texas game, after that five and one start uh, to big twelve play, we we all started saying, why not? what? Why can't we be contenders uh, to win? The Big 12. You got two great road wins. You had just beat KU at home. You took care of Texas Tech at home. And you're just looking at your schedule saying, yeah, why not? Looking at the stand saying, yeah, why not? And I don't think that is the wrong thing to have done. There is talk about elevating the standard. Talking about expecting to win. and, And I don't think it was the wrong thing to do. Now, deep down, did did even at that point should should we have thought okay hey yeah we're true contenders I don't know but I I think it was the right thing. Eventually, six games into things, um, it, it's not a fluke, guys. The the five and one was not a fluke, and then you know what the the one and five or the one that we're going uh, up against you know we have uh, I guess it was six and one, and then the one and four run that also isn't a fluke. Ultimately, this team is good enough to beat just about damn near anyone in the in the country when things are on. You know, you have two high caliber borderline all-American Uh, First team, all Big 12 talents, when they're on, when Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel are on, they are that caliber of player. And you have a lot of good role players, many of which are capable of getting you double-digit points in a Big 12 game. But at the same time, this team is careless. This team is... Let me rephrase this. This team can be careless. This team can be lazy. This team can get caught up in themselves and make back-breaking mistakes after back-breaking mistakes. We've seen this now far too often. Far too often. And it sucks. And it is okay to be pissed off. Because at the end of the day, no matter what we want to say about the quality of the Big 12, Texas Tech would be a top 4 team in probably just about, you know, any different conference. That's fine. We 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 all know that. But at the end of the day, Texas Tech only had one Big 12 win coming into this game. One. And we still lost and honestly, we got up five early, but once we lost that lead, it never looked like we were going to win that game. And that is just disappointing. It sucks. It was a shitty game. And and now you have to say, okay, that fi- that five and one, it was an anomaly. Well, okay, you can't say two and four was. You know, we're two thirds of the way through Big Twelve play, and you have a five and one stretch and a two and four stretch. You know, sitting at seven and five, yeah, okay, it it, it is fine. And you and you you do have to look at the results and say, okay, we're probably an upper middle class Big Twelve team, and that that is fine. That that is fine uh, to come to the realization. I want I want to come to that realization, and I and we we can't keep looking at things through the lens of we were picked to finish last. We we I said this after the Texas game. And I was hoping I wouldn't have to say it again, but here I am having to say it again because of how the fan base was split after that loss, after the Texas Tech game. It is perfectly fine. No one is saying, I am done supporting this team. No one's saying, oh, I'm done, it's over. Jerome Tang isn't you know, a great coach. No one is saying that. No one is saying that. But it is perfectly fine, even if you accept, hey, we are an upper-middle-class Big 12 team. It is perfectly fine to say, as an upper-middle-class Big 12 team, you shouldn't be losing games where you have a 14-point lead with a half-second to go at home. And you shouldn't be losing games, even on the road, to the worst team in the conference. It is perfectly fine to say that was a shitty game and I'm pissed off a little bit. That's how it goes. Again, I I don't think anyone is is sitting here thinking, all right, you know, we're going to win out and we're going to win the Big 12 or anything like that anymore. No, but this team is more than capable of making it to the second weekend. It is more than capable of sustaining themselves in the top 25. And they should not be losing the games in the fashion that they are. You know, the Iowa State game, even though we were leading at home, hey, you know, it is what it is. Losing, you know, that game in Allen Fieldhouse, hey, you know what? KU is a very good team. It was at home. You know, we didn't play good. We got rattled. We let the building beat us, you know, in that first half. But, hey, you know, that's what happens in that building. Hey, TCU, when they kicked our ass, Mike Miles was on, Ball ba was on, Lampkin was on, they had a great night. That's fine. I have no issue with those three losses. And yeah, we got lucky. We had a lot of close wins that could have gone either way, and they were all wins for a while. I get it. But the last two losses, no matter what caliber a team you are, you can't be okay with it. You can't just be like, yeah, oh well, unless you're still looking at this team like it was a team that was – supposed to finish last in the Big 12. You can't. And and it is fine to, to, to be mad. It is fine to get upset. It is fine to sit here and be pissed off. Because this team is still continuing to do the things that have been an issue that we saw from, you know, that very first game at Cal. We're still turning the ball over like crazy. You know, we are. We still turn the ball over more than any other team in the conference. It is fine to get upset and look at it and say, look, I understand what you're saying. They say the right thing after losses every single game. Oh, it's unacceptable. We're going to fix it. We're going to work harder. But it starts to run hollow a little bit when it continues to go like this. You know, it was what, 24 turnovers? Maybe it was 23. 23 or 24 turnovers. And I, I, I just don't... I, I, I just don't understand how these continue to be an issue this late into the season. 23 turnovers. 7 from Marquise Noel. Five from Keontae Johnson 12 from your best players and and again this is something that we've been talking excuse me this is something we've been talking about all season long even in the wins and Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson over the last month and a half they have a negative assist to turnover ratio you know this is not sustainable and we've been hearing about this for a month and a half. Oh, hey, this is unacceptable. We're gonna fix it. Well, okay, then fix it. You know, I don't I I don't know I don't know who to place the blame on. You know, is the coaching staff still continuing to be like, oh no, you work it out yourself. Or the players not listening? Are they not pressing the right buttons? I don't know what's going on. But when these players are playing, you know, Marquise Noel is playing 39 minutes. He's averaging 38 minutes a game, and he's continuing to turn the ball over five or more times almost every single game over the last eight. You know, Keontae Johnson is doing the same. Neither one of them have been very efficient out there either. You know, Keontae Johnson, 3 of 11 from the field, Marquise Noel, 5 of 19. You know, Marquise Noel is taking over a third of the, the the team's shots last night. He took 35% of the team's shots last night. And he hit five of them. He shot 10 of the 26 three-pointers last night. He hit one of them. And good for Marquise getting to the free throw line. He got seven points from the free throw line. Good for him. But these type of perf- type of performances from your stars, you're not going to win like that. And the fact that Jerome Tang hasn't either built the trush- trust with Desi Sills or Cam Carter or given them enough time in practice, there is some sort of level of blame that needs to be laid at the feet of Jerome Tang for not having any confidence in anyone else to run the offense except for Marquise Noel. Because on games like last night, the fact he's still playing thirty nine minutes it's just it's just hard to win games versus teams with a pulse when he's having that sort of performance. It, it just was another one of those games where you just shake your head and, and you get frustrated. I mean, no one on the team had a positive assist-to-turnover ratio. Naquan Tomlin, three turnovers, one assist. David Gasson, two turnovers, one assist. Keontae Johnson, five turnovers, three assists. Cam Carter, zero turnovers, zero assists. 0 of 3 from the field, 26 minutes. Ishma Sood, one turnover, one assist. Bebe, 0-0. Zero and zero. Taiki Green, one turnover, zero assists. Desi Sills, four turnovers, one assist. You can't win basketball playing like that. And again, we, we see how pissed off Jerome Tang is. We see how pissed off the players are. You know, combined, the, the press availability for Marquise Noel... Jerome Tang and Desi Sills was under like six minutes. Both press conferences were under three minutes. I understand that they're pissed off. You know, I'm not saying that they're not working hard. I'm not saying that they're putting they're all in. I'm not jumping off the boat, but having two games out of the last three something already well, you know, surpassing your original goals. For the situation then you just kind of throw your hands up and say i'm gonna coast through the final 33 and it's it's all gravy from here i'm gonna coast through no worries nobody does that so while i'm pumped while i can't wait for the big 12 tournament i can't wait for the ncaa tournament and hell i can't wait for the, the game on saturday versus Iowa State. i'm gonna be there And and I'm going to be tuned in. I'm going to be locked in. I'm going to be ready for the game versus Oklahoma. It doesn't take away how sour a taste uh, that the last two losses have been. That not even that, you know, relatively dominating performance versus TCU. uh, You know, a top 20 TCU team um, who took Baylor to the wire again with, honestly, should have beat Baylor still without Mike Miles. I mean, we had a great performance at home versus a very good TCU team. Um, and that's how we answered, you know, the Texas debacle. And, and I'm hoping we just uh, just kick the shit out of Oklahoma um, as a possibly final time we'll ever play basketball in Oklahoma. I, I'm hoping um, that that's the response. But then, you know, you, you can't turn around and lay an egg on Saturday. Um, ultimately, though, again... I'm disappointed, I'm frustrated, I'm pissed off, but yes, th- this team has exceeded the expectations early on. Yes, this team hopefully will still be a top 25 team in the postseason uh, rankings, and hopefully a four or five seed uh, might be slipping all the way to a six, um, but they can turn it around. We know they can turn it around. The sky is not falling, uh, but don't mischaracterize being frustrated with, with a performance with the sky is falling, you know, th- there is a way uh, for fans and for the team to react that isn't, oh, ho, hum, you know, it's, it's, it's a loss, but hey, we're, we're going to be dancing anyways, and the sky is falling, you know, th- there is an in-between, and I, and I believe that the fans and the team, for the most part, are handling that correctly, I think that the the majority of the fans have a healthy uh, understanding of, damn, that fucking sucked. Both those games were horrible. But we're still going to go to the tournament and, hey, we still have, quite frankly, uh, the guy who should be Big 12 coach of the year. You know, I think there is a balance, and I believe that the majority of fans have that balance. And I know the team does because, again, uh, Jerome Tang has been, you know visibly angry after these last two losses and i'm glad i'm glad he has that anger i'm glad he has that fire i hope that we can rebound and it's not just a one game rebound was after the texas game that's all we have though i will i'm recording a QA show right here right now after this episode that you guys will be hearing tomorrow uh The 14th, Valentine's Day. So if if you're still on the fence, uh, go buy some flowers, go buy some cards, go buy some candy. Valentine's Day is tomorrow. So for Chauncey Bosco, the best dog in the world, and my co-host, we love you guys. And go cats. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wild cat in spirit. State Wildcats for Alma Mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a Wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. U.K. State Wildcats for all. Ba-da-da, ba ba-dum, ba-dum. Podcast Network.